There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning in once again to the podcast, and we're certainly thankful for each of you that listen. Today is Thursday, and we're trying to do what the Lord has for us on this Thursday in the podcast. I'm going to revisit some things that we said yesterday. Part of the reason for that is someone had asked us a very legitimate question. I don't turn aside legitimate questions. Foolish and unlearned questions we will avoid. Why? Because we know they do gender strifes. And so when you have a foolish or unlearned question, it's going to gender strife. This was a legitimate question. Someone had asked me, contacted us outside of the podcast, was glad to answer that, glad to help them. And so I'd like to go ahead and go through this podcast explaining some things we discussed yesterday in Psalm 57, Psalm 58. And uh, part of the reason there's a, the question was asked is just not understanding because this person, from their own perspective, uh, just wanted to make sure that their heart was not hardened against God and that their ears were not closed against God. And that's a very legitimate concern that many people have. Many folks, especially that are lost, they say, well, you know, am I, am I hardened? Am I a reprobate? Am I too far from God? You know, I've often said and heard it said, if you're concerned about that, then you're probably not too far from God. And so I don't uh, see where a person that is seeking God or questioning the things of God has an interest in God. I don't see where they're too hard to be too far from God for God to save them. And so all God requires, they come. They come on God's terms. They come in God's person. They come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'd like to address that from the podcast yesterday. I'm going to look at a couple of things here, especially when he talks about the wicked. And he says, they have prepared a net for my steps. Now, again, these are those set on fire, the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Now, this is Psalm 57, verse 4. And then in verse 6, they have prepared a net for my steps. Why? They're going to snare him. They're looking to snare Jesus Christ. They've set a trap for him, if you will. That's when he came to his own. His own received him not. And so he said that my step, my soul, rather, is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst where they are fallen themselves, Selah. So they set this snare for him. They wanted him to step into this snare. It was a pit, and that's, by the way, pit is a type of a snare, and they've dug this pit, yet they themselves are falling into that pit, and I believe that pit oftentimes is the pit of religion. Uh, they dig that pit to snare others. They dig that pit to trap others. They themselves are falling into the ditch. Why? He said blind leading the blind, and they are the blind leading the blind. But the question I, I was asked of me was a comment that I had made about the heathen and he said in verse 5 of chapter 58 of the Psalms, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely, break their teeth, O God, in their mouth, break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Now, why is that? Well, he told us in verse 3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. 
Now, there's another doctrine there I'm not going to address because it is going to gender some problems for me. And it's just something I really am not prepared to deal with on the podcast. But I want to look at the simplicity of that question that was asked me. And the simply the question along the lines in the manner of someone seeking the things of God and seeking the word of God through the voice of God and concerning their own soul. And I'm not going to quote word for word because I certainly wouldn't want to take a private conversation and make that public. But I would like to address this matter. And it's just the idea that God shuts the ears of people and uh, God closes them off. God shuts them off. And to do that, I must look at Romans chapter one and verse 17. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then he says, for the wrath of God is revealed. And what, what greater wrath has God in this world than to shut men off from himself, to close their ears, to shut them out? He says, revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So here's a man that has truth. Here's a man that knows truth. Here's a man who's come in contact with truth, yet he holds it in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. And so it's interesting here. God hath revealed these things to men. I don't necessarily think it's the wicked of Psalms 58, but I do believe that it's the wicked of this world today. They have a cognizance of God. Their conscience has revealed God to them. Many have come in contact with the word of God, the words of God, yet they will not seek God, yet they will not search after God, yet their hearts are hardened against God, and therefore God has revealed himself to them. But he said this, he said, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. He said there may be known of God as manifest in them. It's been manifest. The truth has come to them, but they held it in unrighteousness. They are in danger. The wrath of God is revealed against those people. God is angry with the wicked every day. In verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now, Colossians dealt with those invisible things of him, and he speaks about that in the creation. And there's a man, again, will not acknowledge this. In verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That's Colossians 1.14. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So the invisible things he speaks of, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, those are things made by Jesus Christ. And yet they're the invisible things of God. But he said the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. It's not, it's not unclear. These things ought to be clear that God has established these things. And God has made these things and being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Now, what is Jesus Christ? He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And the invisible things of him are clearly seen. God has not hid them from man. And they're by faith. Of course they're by faith. We don't see them clearly except by faith. And But yet God's revealed himself to men. God is revealing himself to men. God is still dealing with men. God is still speaking to men. He said they're clearly seen 
They're without excuse. God's manifest. God has showed it to them. They're without excuse. Yet they've died denied the existence of God. They denied the power of God. They've denied the work of God. They denied the holiness of God. Why? They do not want to remember God. And he said, because that when they knew God, there was a time they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Now, I believe this is what Psalm 58 is talking about. When they knew God, there was a time, now listen, there's a time they knew God. There's a time they were close to God. There were a time they were in God's presence. But they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What's that foolish heart? The fool hath said in his heart there is no God. His heart is darkened. If we want to apply that to present day and present time, we would look at even the teaching uh, that's in schools today of evolution where they have to deny the existence of God to propagate a doctrine or a theology that's 100% man-made, that denies the existence of God, that certainly denies the work of God, denies what God is trying to do amongst men, because they deny what God has already done amongst men. And they say there is no God, and they're fools. But yet at some point in time, their conscience had enlightened them. That light has come into the world which hath lit every man, that candle of the Lord, the spirit of man, the candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly. Every man has access. Every man has light. Every man can know God. But what he said here, they knew him as God. They glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. If you're concerned about your soul, that's not you. If you're concerned about your being with God, that's not necessarily you. But became vain in their imaginations. Their imaginations were turned over to wicked things, wicked thoughts. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now, again, we're in a nation, America, that has given animals more rights than some humans have. If you aborted a bear fetus, you'd probably go to prison, but you can abort a baby. If you aborted the hummingbird egg and and probably protected in some states, then you'd probably go to prison. Disturb a tortoise nest and destroy the eggs, you go to prison. But you can kill a baby in the womb, and that's legal. Why? Because men have no knowledge of God. They would not retain the knowledge of God. They do not want to know the knowledge of God. They would not hear it. And so he said, which hearken, back in Psalm 58, verse 5, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely, break their teeth, O God, in their mouth, break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord, let them melt as waters which run continually when he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. This is going to be the vengeance of the Lord. It's going to be God's wrath upon men. And that wrath is going to be revealed to all ungodliness, upon all men that are ungodly and their ungodly deeds. Why? They've changed the image of God. They worship nature. They're more worried they are about their carbon footprint than they are the footprints of Jesus Christ. They're more worried about the animals in this creation than they are about people. We're in a day when dogs and cats take preeminence over humans. And people raise their animals as their children today. And listen, I'm not talking about the jokes and the humor and the jest. There are people that raise their animals as children. There are people that leave their pets, their inheritance. There are people that put their pets in mausoleum. Why? They worship the creature more than the creator. They've denied the existence of God. They don't consider the human factor that God made us in his own image. And they don't consider people. They consider animals. Why? Because they've denied God. They hate God. They despise God. They despise the work of God. And so he said, wherefore God, 
Wherefore all, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. And so because their foolish heart was darkened, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So again, all bets are off at this point. They denied the very existence of God. God does not see. The law of God does not apply. Starting in Numbers 19, when God begins to deal with that law concerning uh, sensual sin and sexual sin and considering family sin and perversion, they say that doesn't exist. That God, There is no God. There's no moral code. There's nothing to retain you or to hold you back. And by the way, we're in a day now when this child pornography and child perversion, it's been in other countries for decades. It's just a, a blind eye is turned to it. It's creeping into America more and more. Yes, they make a stab at trying to, to curb it in America, but it's a pretty feeble stab. But more and more men come to power who've been involved in that kind of perversion. And they're going to change those laws. They're going to try to adapt those laws. They're going to say that all bets are off. Why? There's no moral code. Every man is his own God. Every man has his own code. Everyone has his own moral compass. And they don't use God as the compass that guides their life. And so they dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I'll give you an example of what he's speaking of there. That's someone that refuses to dig coal out of the ground when people are freezing to death. And they will not use coal as firewood or as to kindle a fire rather. Why? Because they love this earth more than they love people. Yet God gave us the coal to burn. God put the coal in the earth that we might use it. God put the coal in the ground that we might light fires and kindle fires and we might generate electricity and run trains. God knew all of those things and God put the coal there for that purpose. Yet men would let men freeze to death before they dig coal out of the ground. Why? They're worshiping the creature more than the creator. Another example would be India. I talked to a missionary recently from India, and he made the statement that people are starving to death in India, yet they will not touch a sacred cow. They will not eat the beef that a sacred cow could provide. Why? They're worshiping the creature more than the creator. God's angry with these things. God's angry with the wicked every day. He said, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And that covers all manner of perversion. From women to women, men to men, men to beasts, women to beasts. All of those are covered in that game. Why? God gave them up to that. That's where America is today. God has given us up as a nation. As a nation, we've denied the existence of God. We made abortion legal. And I realize Roe v. Wade's been overturned. That's why people are protesting. They hate the idea that our country would be governed by a bunch of what they think are, are insane people that would outlaw abortion. Thank God they did that. But gay marriage is still on the slate. Gay marriage is still on the docket. Gay marriage is still being governed. Why? Because we have a generation of people that think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Their moral compass is in the wrong position. They are God unto themselves. They denied the work, work of God, the existence of God. So God gave them up unto vile effect. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. What is the recompense of that error? It is men with men. It is women with women. They've given up the natural use, what God intended. The relationship between a man and a woman is absolutely natural in the covenant of marriage. 
but it's absolutely unnatural outside the bonds of the covenant of marriage that God has established. These are the wicked. These are the ungodly. These are those their ears will not hear God. Their ear has hardened against God. God has turned them over where they will not hear the truth. They will not see the truth. They could drive a billboard that has John 3.16 spelled out in the King James Bible. They could drive past it every day. They'll never notice it. It'll never affect them. Their hearts are so hardened. Their ears are so dead. Their minds are so against God that God has turned them over. They're wicked. They're ungodly. That's this generation before God. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A dear brother of ours in the state of New York made the comment, a son of his had studied he was concerned about being a reprobate, and he studied what it means to be a reprobate. And he came up with this simple conclusion, to be cast away from Jesus Christ. A reprobate mind is a mind that's cast away where it will not think about Jesus Christ. God gives them over to a reprobate mind. God gives them over to do those things which are not convenient. And then he tells us this, and I know we're going long today, but he tells us being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, all of these things are against God. Fornication is against God. Wickedness is against God. Covetousness is against God. Maliciousness is against God. Full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Yes, God put disobedience to parents in a list with murder. He put it in a list with fornication. He put in a list with envy. Why? Because they're disobedient to parents because as soon as they leave their womb, they're speaking lies. That's what he's speaking of. They've been given over to reprobate mind. Their ears will not hear. Their hearts will not receive. Their eyes are closed without understanding. Covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They have pleasure in those things. But you know what verse 4, chapter 2 tells us just four verses later? The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's the goodness of God that will open our minds and our eyes to see Jesus Christ. That will open our ears, circumcise the ear, cut away the deadness of the flesh, that we can hear Jesus Christ. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. What did he say before that old that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men? God will fill you if you're thirsty. God will fill you if you're hungry. Let me close in saying this. Those ears that are closed to God, those minds that are closed to God, those eyes that are closed to God are not just reprobates out in this world. They're not just the wicked of this world, but they sit in the pews in churches week after week after week, not cognizant of God, not cognizant of the things of God, not cognizant the word of God is even being preached. It takes a miracle of God to open that ear. It takes a miracle of God to open those eyes. It takes a miracle of God for them to see God and and when they see him in the form of Jesus Christ, there is hope for the goodness of God can then lead them to repentance. But it's all a miracle of God. It's a work of God through his son, Jesus Christ. 
There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed